Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Warrior Within. Um, I'd like to start off first of all to thank the two new supporters who have joined, I don't know, call them the Warriors Club. Um, Isaiah or Azay Zapeda and Preston Entorf. Um, I really appreciate your support. Um, we still have the same ones before as Wade and Brett. We want I want to thank you guys and I do hope that some of you guys will feel um, call to maybe help out a little bit because I mean this little bit of money is definitely going to be a huge help for my wife and I right now um, we would appreciate more supporters but if you don't feel called don't feel pressured I just want to let these people know I appreciate them and I thank them with a shout out but anyway I'd like to let you guys know that so far there's nothing new in IRS uh, still waiting um, keep praying that things will just work out um, I do know in the mountains they've had their first snow, so that would make it a little bit more difficult for us to get out there. If we have to go during the winter time, we probably have to go the long way around. But regardless, you know, God has his plan and his purpose, and we just got to trust him. Um, as for anything else, uh, you know, everything's going pretty well. Um, I still loving doing this podcast and just excited about the church and looking forward to what's going to happen with that. And just basically just enjoying being able to talk to you guys and i do like i said you know reach out through facebook um i wouldn't i don't mind talking to any of you guys i do appreciate those who have and you know i do want to encourage you guys if you do need someone to talk to hey i'm here right now um as for this week uh, a lot of things have been kind of interesting like i was going to do something else but I'm kind of going to continue a little bit of what we were talking about last week, which is about forgiveness, but I'm going to call it this one more of the art of forgiveness. Because I realized that there is a little bit more than just, you know, keeping that distance, you know, that we do need to forgive doesn't mean, you know, that we have to reconcile. But I also want to talk about a little bit deeper because there is a lot of things that go through when someone is dealing with forgiveness and I guess you could say even reconciliation and understanding what it means to uh, forgive and forget. Um, but we don't usually forget. But the idea is that forgetting in, in the sense is not to use someone's wrong as a weapon to hurt them. I will say that very clearly. Um, this is going to be a little bit more of a personal touch to it because of stuff that has happened to me before. Uh, I've been bullied when I was growing up. Um, I like seriously bullied by someone who was my next door neighbor who made his effort to come over to my house, my property and torment me. I've even had, uh, kids at school do similar things. Um, especially like, um, before middle school, fourth grade, I've been bullied by a bunch of guys. Um, and I, and I've shared some of this stuff with you guys throughout conversation, but you know, I've been bullied. I understand what that feels like. But I also know that some people, you know, bullying may not be the issue. It could be abuse. It could be things how the family was being run or the strictness of your dad and your mom or maybe the laxative atmosphere that your parents made and in some ways has caused you to have issues of forgiving. Because even neglect can be a form of frustration or hurt towards somebody as they grow up. And each one of us have had our own past. We've had our own life. And people have hurt us, even if it is in different ways. And, you know, it may not be bullying. It may be just how they treated us. Could have been a boss. Could have been a teacher. Could have been your best friend. It could be someone who betrayed you. Someone who uh, purposely hurt you. 
But we've all been to that point where we've been hurt. We've also been to the point where someone who's come after us, who has literally purposely tried to do something to damage us. You know, I'm a sports guy and, I, you know, football was my game. And I understand, you know, that that competi competition, I guess, competitiveness that people have towards games and activities, wanting to win, wanting to be the best player, wanting to do their best. But the one thing I was not was I was never the type of guy who had the mouth. You know, you know what I'm talking about, like the Shannon Sharp of the Broncos or uh, the current people like Cam Newton. I know those type of people who... You know they use their words i mean one of the biggest ones is, is Le lebron james he's he's such a big mouth and that's why i don't like people like that because they have no character and they're not good examples it doesn't matter how good they may be at the game but people like that those that's not the type of character or a man i want to be um shannon sharp wasn't as bad because he wasn't all about himself he just he just had a mouth on himself um because i you know I've, I've been around when he was playing but still i was never the type of football player that was out trying to do the, the word battles I, I allowed my actions to speak louder than my words and so you know i made my statements with my hits i made my statements with my running um my, my skill play you know you know i loved barry sanders so I, i'd like to play like a Barry Sanders but I also could hit like the bus himself Bennis so the thing is is that a lot of times we use other things in our life other situations sports activities hobbies events to try to help through some of the hurt that we've been through you know when I was bullied a lot I never really said anything and I kind of held in a lot of that hurt so a lot of times in sports that's when I would use my anger in the way I played. But I didn't understand how that also hurt me in response of acting that way. Because a lot of times when I would play, I'd play to kind of release that stress or anger, and it would cause me to get fouled out in basketball. It would uh, make me be a little bit too aggressive towards people when I play football. But when I went to, when we moved out here to Colorado and I started going, when I went to Faith Baptist, um, I went to the, the school that they had, not just the church, and they had a football program. It was eight-man football. I never done eight-man. I never got to do 11-man. But eight-man was interesting because it was a little bit faster pace because there's not the extra three players that you have to worry about, which also made you play both sides, which also made it very vital that you understand how to tackle somebody because you don't have the extra safety net or the safety that could come in and help you don't have sometimes that extra linebacker who can support on the run and that could be different but at the other end it also means that your guys have to learn how to block well because if they don't block well, there is not that extra blocker to help. There's not that extra person that can come in to block in your behalf. So everything was done in precision. So that's why a lot of times games could be higher than what you would see normally in NFL, which makes sense. But football is the one sport that helped calm that spirit a lot. As I started learning the importance of inviting God to be a part of my sports and my hobbies, that was the beginning of that journey. 
It doesn't mean I don't struggle with it, but it still, it still showed me how God needed to be evolved. But that being said, one of the things that came across my mind a lot of times with the art of forgiveness is a lot of times we think when we are hurt that one of the things that we need is justice and fair justice. We often see that we hear or see what people have done to us or what they had done to us and we hoard onto that feeling of wanting and hoping for that justice. And a lot of times we think even during the time when we're getting mistreated, like many of you know my experience from my last church job, what happened and how the wolf and even the, the guy who's supposed to be the leader were both in cahoots of trying to get rid of me, let alone were using any method to try to break my character, to destroy who I was, and to make me look worse than what what I was not, basically. So basically lies. Um, but the thing is that a lot of times we get put into these situations and we often think to ourselves, is this the opportunity for me to counter or to say something back? And I remember in January when things were starting to get pretty rough that I told God is like, you know, am I supposed to speak up? Am I supposed to say something? Am I supposed to, you know, intercede into any of this? Am I supposed to tell people and, and, and try to get, I don't know what you could say, a posse behind this? You know, and God said, all, all I want you to do is focus on the ministry that you're there for, and I will handle the fight. And a lot of times, you know, that's not natural for us, especially as men. I mean, I had people tell me maybe I, I didn't protect myself enough or I didn't stand up for myself like I should have. But the Lord didn't tell me to. That was not the point behind it. The point behind it was he will handle that war. I just needed to keep teaching the truth, keep telling people about who he was, making sure, you know, people in the church were taken care of. So instead of me worrying about myself majority of the time, I was trying to invest my time into other people. But this story made me think about David. And, I, and if you know anything about the story, you know that Saul eventually broke his covenant with God, um, disobeyed him, um, didn't keep his commandments. And he did something, you know, he did a, a, after a big battle, he made a sacrifice when he was supposed to wait and he did not. And Samuel basically told him because of that, the covenant between you and God is broken and your kingdom will be given to someone else. And of course he was, Oh no, 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 he got upset, whatever. Right. So later on down the road, David's been chosen. David is now sitting in the courts playing music to calm his angry spirit. So now Saul hates him, starts trying to kill him, chases him for, I think it was like 13 years is David, even though he was promised, spent most of his time running. So the thing is, I thought of the story at the moment. If you know, Saul is looking for David and Saul needed a break. So he went into a cave. And this is, if you guys want to read the story more, is in um, 1 Samuel 24. But it was after he was following Philistines, he went inside the cave that David happened to be with his men, happened to be in the cave. Now, 
if you go to verse three, you know, yeah, three, it says now David near, uh, near the half second half of three. Now David and his men were sitting in, in the innermost parts of the cave and the men of David said to him, here's the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I give you your, give your enemy into your hands and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. Then David goes, then, well, I should say David, then arises stealthily, cuts off a corner of Saul's robe, and afterward David's heart is struck because he had cut off the corner of Saul's robe, and he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David persuaded his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up, left the cave, and went on his way. So this story part reminds me of what kind of happened, and, and I'm sure this could relate to some of you guys and your issues. See, the thing is, just because it may seem right for the opportunity for us to respond in like matter or to point out everybody else's flaws, to attack that person straight up and try to prove yourself is right and the whole thing, we don't know God's plan. We don't know God's motivation. And it was very interesting because today there was actually a quote. It was on the, I think the Toby Mac section that really intrigued me because it, it kind of related to what I was kind of thinking in my head. It says, even the people who betray you are part of the, the, the uh, excuse me, even the people who betray you are part of the master plan. So in other words, what got me into thinking about te teaching you guys today on this is that David, though outright could have killed him and stopped it all in that moment. But here's the thing. A lot of times the easy way is not the right way. The easy response may not be the right response. The anger that fills inside you for revenge and seeking out that opportunity to make the other person look bad or get even with them or find justice doesn't mean it is right. Because we don't know what would be a good judgment towards that person. We just know we want that person to feel the same pain that we felt. And we think that will solve everything. That that would balance things out. That would provide the justice that you've been longing for. And that's why when we watch a lot of these movies and TV shows. I know I talk about that a lot. But a lot of times that's how we relate to our lives. Because those impact us by the characters that are created. We see, see the person wanting that revenge, and at the end, they make it seem like it's great, but look at all the destruction, hurt, and pain to get to that point. Because we kind of forget that that person that we have issue towards is also a creation by God, who also has their problems, their past, their hurt, and their pain. The only issue is that they decided to choose the evil versus trusting into God. And my hope is for you guys to understand that David had every right to kill him. 
But because we know the end story of what happens to Saul, we could sit there and go, well, you know, everything worked out. But in reality, David didn't know what the end was going to look like. He was just like you and I at that moment of revenge. So we think that it's almost like God doesn't understand our feelings and our hurt and our pain. So instead of learning the understanding of what it means to forgive, we'd rather chase the art of revenge. Justice, what we think is justice. But in the long run, God knew what was going to happen to Saul. And David had the freedom, the choice to do what he wanted to do in that moment. And I think if he chose to kill him in that moment, it would have been done out of revenge, not out of the will of God. Let's take a quick break and I'll be right back with you guys. Hey, and welcome back. We've been talking about what happened between David and Saul, where uh, David had the opportunity to kill him, but he didn't. And I believe if he had made that opportunity true and did kill him, it would have been done in revenge. You see, at the ultimate point of that situation, when he chose not to do it, he was listening to God. I really think he was. I think he understood that this battle between him and Saul had to be between him and God first and that God would deal with him in the way that he wants to deal with him for the consequences that he deserves for the way he has been acting. And I think we need to understand that the act of forgiving somebody means also we're surrendering that issue to God to deal with that person. And though that person may seem like they're getting away with it and that things just seem to be going well for them and that at the end, it seems like they're not going to get punished for it. God has a punishment for them. There's so many people out there who think that they are God's gift to this, this world and they treat people as just an opportunity to move forward and they hurt people for it. I know some of you guys have dealt with your own forms of anger and your past and things that you used to do and things that you used to be involved in. And so you still deal with that type of anger still even today. Trust me, I still do. What what that so-called leader did to me and what that wolf did to me, that's not gone. I haven't forgotten what they've done to me. And I, I'll be always be there waiting for them to seek forgiveness. But it doesn't mean I want to be their friend. It doesn't mean I want to be a part of their lives. It doesn't mean I want their wisdom. It doesn't mean I want their encouragement. It doesn't mean I need them in my life. Because we talked about that last week. It's okay to have distance, even though there's forgiveness. Because reconciliation can only happen when both are at the point that reconciliation can even happen. You know, if they came and asked for forgiveness, <clears throat> I take the I tell them I already forgave them. But if they're willing to reconcile, it's a totally different thing. But here's my thing. At the end of all of that, you let go, you let God have, you let him have the war. <clears throat> Consequences will come to people. 
whether it is on earth or whether it's in heaven or if they're not really saved, you know, they're going to have hell. But even if they are saved and they accepted Christ as their savior, you know, they're going to be giving God basically nothing and they're, they're going to have nothing in that chest, no crowns, because they lived their life to the fullest for themselves, even though they think they were doing stuff for him. But it was all about their legacy, their past, their, their what they get to leave behind, the the money they got out of it, the retirement they were they got out of it. See, the thing is, they chased after their own personal desires, their personal wants, and in in the process, hurt you, hurt me, hurt other people to get what they got. All in the name of power. That's what wolves and Pharisees and false teachers long for is they, they get what they want out of it and they don't care who they hurt in the process. You know, when you bring a wolf in the middle of a bunch of lambs, he isn't going to leave them alone. They're, they're going to go after them and they're going to try to eat them. And if you're a leader that purposely allowed a wolf into your church, you're going to be accountable for that. Let alone if you wanted that, you're going to be even more accountable because you're placed in a position to watch over your sheep and you allow destruction on purpose because you're too prideful you're like a pharisee in and out and your heart is full of corruption and wickedness and you can say all you want that you've been forgiven by jesus that it doesn't matter you live a life that's ungodly and wicked and there will be consequences for your actions and that includes any of you guys who are listening that may be living that type of a lifestyle right now but ultimately, this is for people who have been through the hurt and pain. They will have their consequences. We may never know about it. We may never see it. We may never know about it because it may be just between him, them, him, her, whatever. Because it could be a group of people. Um, it could be one person. But they will be dealt with by God and his timing and his way. Because we're willing to give that to him in our forgiveness to handle it is not our responsibility to try to fix or to find justice or to judge or to create circumstances. But there is time when we do need to speak up. But that's where we need to be super sensitive to the power of the Holy Spirit as he speaks through us to speak. Because the Holy Spirit did give me an opportunity to speak out two times. One was in one of the meetings that I was given the okay to defend my position and who I was, my character, my wife's character, and the former children's director's character. And then the second time was in the last sermon I got to do. Unexpectedly, I wasn't expecting to be able to do it, but the Lord gave me everything he needed me to say during that sermon, and I spoke the truth. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak through it. See, if we were to go and understand what that means to see how consequences happen, we can look at David and Saul's situation. If you were to go to 1 Chronicles 10, you'll discover it's about the death of Saul and his sons. Because remember, his whole lineage was going to be wiped out. Though we do know that Jonathan had a son that was hidden, but the, the time of Saul's kingdom was taken away in this chapter. 14 verses. And we know that the that this time the Philistines and Israel were fighting. And during the battle, uh, all three of his sons that were in battle with him were killed. They were struck down. 
and Saul kept pushing forward and a random arrow hit Saul and supposedly it was a critical shot. So he was going to die regardless. And he tried to beg his armor bearer to kill him, but the armor bearer, fearing God most likely more than him, said no, did not do it. So Saul killed himself, but then the armor bearer killed himself too, seeing that he was dead. Um, the Philistines saw what happened when in, when down there they took uh, his head and his son's heads, and, and he took their armor, and they basically advertised the greatness of the Philistine nation to their people and through their temples and through their idols and worshipped the, the death of Israel's king. But after that moment, that was the moment that David gained his position. Because it says in verse 13, so Saul died for his breach of faith. He broke faith with the Lord in that he did not keep the commandment of the Lord and also consulted a medium seeking guidance. He did not seek guidance from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. See, the question in the second half of understanding forgiveness is right there. Keep his commandments. Keep the faith. Seek him out for guidance. When you hold on to your anger, your frustration, and your hurt, it doesn't just hurt you. It hurts everybody that's in your life. It hurts everybody that you love. It hurts everybody who may be still stuck underneath that evil because you sought out revenge on that person, which they saw you, they watched how you dealt with the situation. And if they see you break basically the covenant between you and God and see you try to take things in your own hand, that would make them see less of God in you and more of you in you. So when I chose not to fight back with words and actions of equal, People were able to see me stand firm in what the truth that I stood for without seeking revenge on the people that were hurting me. And the funny part is a year later, that person left, according to people that are still there, and the other person's still there. But I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know how they're going to be dealt with. But I do know that I have finally given it to all to him deal with and take care of because there's a way that you can forgive and be healthy about it because instead of hoarding onto that anger and frustration you're willing to surrender it to God and it can take time it could take a lot of time to forgive someone should it? no we should automatically forgive but the part of forgiveness that people keep connecting to is forgetting. They keep treating forgetting as if it's like it shouldn't bother them anymore. But the truth is it will always bother you. It will always be a part of who you are. The problem is the question you got to ask yourself is who do you give that power to? Do you give the people that harmed you, hurt you, and treated you bad, do you give that power into their hands to the point where it's almost like they control your life with everything that they do? Do you allow the 
the hurt and anger to control you? Do you allow the, the desire for revenge to control you? Because whoever you hand the power to has the control of you. And Satan understands this. The enemy understands how to use this against you to seek out revenge, anger, hate, to not trust God, to walk away, to not follow his commandments. Because if you don't follow, then then that stuff, that, that non-godly things will have control over you. They will have the power over you. And at the end of all things, you're going to find yourself struggling with your health. You're going to find yourself struggling with your relationships. You're going to find yourself struggling with trusting with people. You're going to find yourself in situations where you're going to not be doing what God has asked of you because you're so filled with the guck and anger and frustration on your heart and in your mind and even in your actions that that's going to come out and God's not going to be a part of it. This is why it's so important to surrender in forgiveness to the Lord. You forgive what they have done to you. That is the art to forgive them for what they've done to you. But you surrender all the guck to God and let him deal with that war. Let him be triumphed over all this. Let him prepare the consequences for those people. If you give God the power of your hurt, instead of anger and revenge, then God can heal you. He can remove the guck. He can get your heart where it needs to be and on the path it should be for his will. Because you remember, God can still use evil of people and the people who hurt you for his master plan for you and for his master plan overall. Later on, God made it clear that he allowed what happened to me in those six months to remove me, but also to reveal the evil that was in that church to the people who were willing to see. And many of those people left because they saw the corruption. They saw the evil that was going on and they could see that the person who they thought was the leader of their church was all involved with it and was willing to keep it and to have it. See, that's the key thing is sometimes by not fighting back, God will reveal the evil. He will reveal the truth because he is the one dealing with the war instead of you. One of my favorite shows to watch is Good Witch. And a lot of times I've, I've learned some methods, I guess you could say, of dealing with people. Sometimes you need to let people hang themselves instead of you trying to hang them. I mean, that sounds very secular, but it's not what it's meant to be. Allow the people to feel like they have the upper hand on you, which is what I did with the wolf. But she never could get me to be riled up the way that she wanted. And the same with the, the leader. You know, he, he thought, you know, his passive ways were going to work. It didn't. So the thing is that sometimes you need to let people go hang themselves and do and, and sh reveal who they really are to people without you having to do anything. Because you're willing to, to stand back, let God lead, let God do the fighting, and you just keep walking in truth, doing what you're supposed to do. Be the leader you're supposed to be, the, be the person you're supposed to be, be the man you're supposed to be for your family, to your, at work. And, and then there is times where God will pull you out of those things, especially if you're asking for it. He, he may allow you to be pulled out of the situation because he also doesn't want you to suffer in a sense of 
being destroyed by it. And he may have a different plan, but he needed you to do something, even if it is hard, even though it seems like you're not getting out of that valley, it seems like you're stuck. Sometimes he needs you in there because you're lighting certain fires that need to be lit. And then he removes you from it at the right time. I mean, it wasn't easy for David all those years, running and hiding constantly over and over again. We got, we got to remember that part. Yeah, he became king later, and yeah... He did bad things and good things later on. But remember, during that time, he went through a lot of struggle. It was hard. He had to live off of the faith of God completely, trusting in people who were willing to help, trusting his, his brethren that followed him into battle. Being in situations where he was living from cave to cave, not even in a comfortable home, but he was willing to do it because he was trusting in the Lord's promise. And he kept all hold of that promise and he leaned into the Lord. He, he obeyed his commandments. He had faith in it. And he trusted him with every moment that he went through. It does not mean he didn't have days where he was frustrated. It did not mean there was not days where he sat there and he cried. It did not mean there was times where he just hit a rock with his fist. There was not times where he just wanted to just go and get rid of King Saul, get him out of the way and move forward. There was probably times where he felt that inside, but he, at the end, still trusted God, gave God everything and he trusted him. So the ultimate choice is who are you giving power to your anger, revenge and hate or to God? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask you, bless it. I ask that you work in men's hearts, that you would change them if they having a hard time forgiving. Help to understand that forgiveness is letting you have it all. This is letting go of their hate and anger and giving it to you. It doesn't mean they have to forget what has happened to them, but what it means is they don't have to give the power to their hate and their anger and their frustration and to revenge. But they're allowed to give it to you what they feel. And let them be open up to you. I pray, Lord, that you move men's hearts today to learn to forgive, but also learn to submit to your will, to follow your commandments, to trust you, to have faith in what you are doing in their lives for their purpose, for your master plan. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a blessed day, and I'll see you next time.